Gentlemen, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is, wow, already the 8th of May. May 8th, where is the time going? And we're on episode 103 here on Rise Up on LFA TV. Thank you very much for being here with me today. 
I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I have a lot. I had a lot happen this weekend that I'd like to tell you guys about. Um, so we'll probably be talking about that a little bit today on Rise Up, and we're going to be talking about God is roaring. God is roaring, and what happens when God is roaring? Well, his people listen. His people are being called to action. So when God is roaring like a lion, he's not roaring in anger. He's roaring for a call to action. And how do you know God is roaring? Well, look at the world around you. Look at the world around you right now. The state of your communities and the state that we're in in the world right now will tell you whether God is roaring or not. And I have a feeling that he is. I'd like to welcome back Kovi Jean. I hope your family is uh, doing well. Um, she had no service uh, where they were, so glad you're back watching Rise Up. We had 500 amazing God-fearing patriotic people, men, women, children, watching this morning, waiting for the word of God. Um, what is the name of the song and the artist, please? Well, the song is Everything is Going to Be All Right, and the art, or it's going to be all right. Gonna be all right is the name of the actual title. Gonna be all right. And it's by Ryan Ellis. Ryan Ellis sang that song. Everything's gonna be all right. And everything will be all right. As long as God is calling his people. And as long as there are children of God on this earth, then everything is gonna be all right. Because the battle has already been won. The war has already been won by Jesus. So now it's just part of, now it's just life is a part of, you're playing a part in life that you already know the outcome. It's like when you go to do a play, right? You learn all the parts of the play. You know the beginning. You know the middle. You know the end, right? Same thing with life. We already know the beginning. We know the middle, and we know the end. We're just playing a part. We all have a part to play, right? Everybody has a different part to play in the body of Christ. But if you know the beginning, and you know the middle, and you know the end, then there should be no anxiety. There should be no fear. There should be no crying. There should be no... I mean, obviously there's crying because of flesh, but I'm talking about your soul should not cry because your soul knows the answer to all the questions. All those unanswered questions, well, they've actually been answered. You just got to go to the Bible. And I want to say something else to somebody else, uh, to everybody as well, because somebody might need to hear this. If you fear everything, then you'll never go outside. Meaning this, there's a lot of people that have a lot of fear in going places, doing things, being where God wants them to be, uh, fulfilling what God put them on this earth to do. And there is so much fear that people are afraid to go outside. And when people are afraid to go outside, they don't live. And when people don't live and they're just alive, then there's no way that they could possibly fulfill what God gave them a body to do. So stop fearing. Somebody said, oh, Lord, I can't get this on Chrome or Safari. Yes, you can. All you have to do if you're trying to watch on Chrome or Safari is go to the date section and just click today or next week or last week. Just filter the date and it'll pop up. Otherwise, just go to the LFA TV app. You can go to the Rumble app and that works really, really well as well. Or you can go to Roku and Fire Stick and download the Rumble app and watch it there. So we do have multiple ways for you to watch, but if you are trying to watch on browser or on Chrome, then just go to the date section on the side of the videos and filter through the date section and you should be able to find it, okay? But getting back to being afraid, so many people are so afraid to go outside, to even be a part of life. 
Busted uh, Beak says, Jeremy, I'm in a lot of pain. And what I fear is that God is not hearing my prayers to relieve my pain. And that's what bothers me. Please, Jeremy, give me an idea of what I should do. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. And if God isn't listening to your prayers, remember we had a, we had a, a show last week where it says, if, God is, if you feel like God is not listening, not that, not that you feel God isn't answering your prayers on your time, but if you fear, fear, feel that he's truly not listening and you fear that he's truly not listening, then there's something that you haven't done to meet him halfway. You've not forgiven somebody that you're supposed to forgive. You've not loved somebody like you're supposed to love. You know, like when we say the Lord's Prayer, you've not done on earth what is done in heaven. There is something that is restricting you from receiving God's blessings or from God hearing you. Or it's just not the timing yet. Okay, and there's something else you're supposed to learn. It's really hard. I don't have the answers to why God isn't listening to prayers, but I do know that it says that there are things that will keep him from answering your prayers. And a couple of those um, may be that you haven't forgiven. Maybe there's somebody you haven't forgiven in your life. Maybe there's somebody that did something to you that you have not called back and said, you know what, I forgive you. I'm sorry that I was so distant. You know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. I don't know why in your, spe- your particular reason why not. Uh, but being here is a good step. Being in the word of God is another good step. Not stopping praying is another good thing. Uh, planted by waters says take authority over pain in in command and leave it to jesus's name i agree i agree speak to the pain because god gave us the authority to speak over it says Cadia 76 and truly believe that he gave you that authority that's a big one truly believing right remember what jesus said to thomas Blessed, blessed are you because you saw me and believe, but blessed are those who, who don't see me and believe, right? Faith. It's a hard one. Shelley says in his time, he makes all things beautiful in his, excuse me, in his time. Majogo said, I never imagined there could be so much evil in the world and so much greed. Well, we're going to talk about that today. Because my wife and I actually saw a lot of that this weekend. Okay? We saw a lot of that this weekend. We saw a lot of people, greed, anger, separation from God, uh, depression, loneliness, fake everything. Fake everything. And we're going to talk about that today, which kind of, kind of pushed me in the direction to do today's um, verse of the day. Right? Oh, and Danette, sometimes the answer is no. That's a good one, too. Sometimes the answer is no. The promise is God always answers your prayers, but the promise is not God always gives you exactly what you want. Sometimes your heart desire, sometimes subconsciously there's something that you want or need, and the only way you can get there is by God saying no to you for another thing that you're asking for. It's like, think of yourself as being a child and God is your parent. And think about the way you parent your children or the way you used to parent your children and think of the way that you grew up. A lot of the times the answer was no for your own good. And I know that's hard to understand when you say, hey, I'm in pain. And I'm asking so I wouldn't be in pain. Uh, Busted Beak said, thank you all. The VA is not helping. Well, that's what we need to pray for. We need to pray that God interjects and has the VA help you. COVID, yeah, that's right. Sometimes the answer is no. And that's a hard one. That's a hard one to wrestle with, right? That is. T. Mitchell said, we must forgive. Remember when you said, Jeremy, 
if you cringe feel anything if you said if you cringe slash feel anything but love when you speak the name of someone who offended us then we haven't forgiven yikes bait of satan speaks of i think that was not the way you meant to say it maybe you're speaking uh, text talking but i get what you're saying i get what you're saying well let's go to the lord in prayer right now and then let's get into the nitty-gritty and then let's talk about this weekend stuff that my wife and I uh, witnessed this weekend while we were out of town, hence why there was, for the second week in a row, no movie on Sunday. We'll get a better handle on that. If I know that there's a possibility that I may not be able to be back in time on a Sunday for a movie, then I'll pre-record, and I plan on doing that, uh, but I got to get better at that, so I do apologize. Let's take our hats off. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's speak to God, and let's really, really think of the foot of the cross and the blood that came from Jesus' body at the foot of that cross and the water that came out when he was pierced in his side. Okay? And then we'll go to our books. And then we'll have some conversation. And then we'll see a couple videos. All right? Let's do that now. Father God in heaven, Father God in heaven, we come to you today in multitudes, all playing a different part, all having a very different part in this body of Christ. Lord, there is so much fear out there, not only in the world, but right here in this group that we are speaking to right now in this Godcast. So much fear. So much fear that it's paralyzing people and not allowing them to live the lives that you created them to live, not allowed to achieve and and have success in the things that you want them to have success in, all because they are crippled and paralyzed by fear of the devil. Fear that the devil puts in their hearts. Lord, we ask that you eradicate that fear today. Anybody who has their head bowed right now and their eyes closed that has a fear of something, Lord, we ask that that fear is eradicated by the end of this show today. Lord, we also ask that you open up the ears of your children. We know that you are roaring. When times get as bad as there are right now, that is you roaring like a lion, calling your children to action, calling your soldiers, calling your warriors to put on a full armor of God as it promises in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And Lord, we ask that you give us the courage to get out on that battle, battlefield. You are roaring and you're calling us to action because the world is decaying at such a rapid rate and, and evil is allowed to rear its ugly head. We ask that you give us the courage to be your megaphone while you're roaring and let us spread the gospel unapologetically and with courage to the world so that they may roar as well. Lord, the world is in such fast decay and and, and, and self-destructing. Lord, it needs us now and we ask for that courage. We also ask, Lord, that you answer the prayers of everybody who believes in you and believes in your son, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And if your answer is no, not now, then please let that be a definitive answer to them so that they may work on what they need to in order to get the answer to change from no to yes. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say something to you guys. Uh, My wife and I, we went away this weekend. And we could not... We didn't have all of our children because some of our children were with their other parents. So we had two of our children that we could not find a babysitter for. Thank you, Majogo. I appreciate that. 
and we took them with us. And what we did is we went to New Jersey. Now, we never let anybody know where we're going before we go there unless it's for work. A, because we don't want to know. We want we don't want people knowing that we're not home and B, because we don't want people knowing where we are. Right. Especially being a public figure. So I didn't let everybody know that we were leaving last Friday to go to Jersey. And the reason why we went to Jersey was because my wife and I decided that because there was an event in Jersey that we never travel a very far. Anytime this event is announced, we never travel far for it because it's hard to do that. A, because of money and B, because of children. So when we saw that there was a UFC fight, which is my wife and I are both major, major fans of the UFC in Jersey, we decided, hey, instead of waiting three and a half weeks for our anniversary to do something for our anniversary, which is Labor Day weekend, why don't we do our anniversary now, spend the money that we had saved for our anniversary now, and then on Labor Day weekend, we can be home. And she agreed. So what we decided was when, when it was announced that the UFC was going to be uh, in New Jersey this weekend, this past weekend, we decided, oh, let's get our tickets for this and let's go now. And we had to bring two of our kids. So we said, let's go a day early. And that way, when we wake up the the next day, we have the whole day where we can do something with our children, with the two children that we brought. And we brought um, Olivia and Lily. I mean, Memorial Day weekend, not Labor Day weekend, excuse me, Memorial Day weekend, my fault. Yes, Memorial Day weekend. So, um, So we went and we said, hey, let's take them to the Statue of Liberty because our children have never been to the Statue of Liberty. I haven't been since I was a kid. Yes, I meant Memorial Day. And we'll go to the Statue of Liberty and we'll make it a, a, you know, a, a great trip. And two of our kids will be able to see something amazing and learn about the Statue of Liberty and the history of the statue and where it came from and why we have it and X, Y, Z. So the moral of why I'm telling you this story is because my wife and I, what we saw in the world while we were gone, A, the world is not nearly in the state that the news would lead you to believe that it's in. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't things happening that's going to change the state of our country with the flick of a switch, because there are. But what do I mean? I'm not talking about financially. I'm not talking about economically. I'm not talking about anything like that. What I'm talking about is the spirit of people. And what we experienced is probably about 30% good and 60%, 70% bad. 60% bad and 10% in between. Meaning this, when we went to, we stayed in Jersey because that's where the fight was. So we went to Ellis Island and we went to the Statue of Liberty from New Jersey, not from the New York side, thank God. And I got to tell you, the entire day of Saturday, up until the part where we took our children back to the hotel and then we went to the fight, everybody was sincere, beautiful, nice, patient, forgiving, kind, my daughter Lily has never seen so many people speaking different languages. My daughter Lily was exposed to diversity that she's never been exposed to ever before, or the amount of it anyway. Different languages, people from all over the world, and she loved it. And we loved exposing her to that. And what we really loved exposing her to was the people from all over the world speaking different languages, how then nice they were to us, how nice they were to us, and how nice we were to them. Great day. But then we went to the fight that night. 
Now, I know when you go to a situation where people are drinking, people are fighting, you're going to see a lot of bad stuff. But before we even got to the fight, what we realized was how fake the world actually is. Now, I'm not saying that what we experienced at the Statue of Liberty was fake, but that was just a piece of the day. That was a piece of our time that was, that was there, and a 30% of that was that piece, and it was good. But what we experienced before, during, and after the fight was nothing but anger, hostility, depression, loneliness, fake everything. Fake TV, fake people, fake online, fake profiles, fake, fake, I'm having fun. It was so bad that my wife and I literally looked at each other probably a hundred times and said, wow. And what I mean by that is, you've seen every time, okay, so we're, you're at a UFC fight and there's people drinking. Same thing as like a boxing fight, right? You're going to have people that get into fights in the stands, just, just whether it be uh, baseball games, football games. Anytime you get thousands of people with different opinions drinking alcohol in a place, you're going to have people that fight. And so there probably was like four fights that broke out in the stands, right? And I could see why, because when you go to these places and there's people with alcohol-fueled people around saying stupid things, you're going to get the people, the regular everyday people that don't want to get in a, in a fight that just say, would you cut it out so people can enjoy the fight? And what happens is, is people start getting in a fight that way. Another way people get into fights is when somebody comes up and says, hey, these are my seats, and somebody goes and gets all mad that they got kicked out of seats that weren't theirs, and fights happen. Long story short, very, there, was no, there was no kindness. There was no being cordial at this place. Everybody was up. Everybody wanted to fight. And... One of the worst things that I got that I saw was when people when the, when a fight did break out or a skirmish did break out, instead of trying to break it up or te- or everybody say and try to cool down the fire, everybody tried to feed the fire, everybody tried to get involved, and the people that didn't feed the fire or got involved got their phones out and started recording it. And then I realized that every time something happened, even if people got into an argument, even if no matter what happened, people would pull out their phones instead of their first instinct to get involved and to help it and to stop it, right? People get out their phones and tape it and record it. Now, Shivi said it was going to the UFC fight. People are already hostile in this kind of environment. But that's really not the case because it doesn't matter if it's a fight or a baseball game. Right? The UFC MMA is not just gladiators out there aimlessly throwing their punches. It is a very precision. It's based on precision. It's based on points. It's based on uh, respect. The fighters respect each other. So I wouldn't say that there's more hostility at a UFC fight than, a, than, a, than like a football game or anything like that. It's just exactly right. Gang mentality, Majogo, right? So everybody's pulling out their phones to, sh- to, to record things. And I'm like, nobody just, nobody tries to, to, to calm everybody down, right? But then the other thing that we saw was how fake everything is, meaning this. I saw men, women, children taking pictures of themselves, selfies, or having somebody take a picture of them, and then having that person take four or five pictures because, oh, I don't like that one. Oh, I don't like that one. Oh, that one wasn't good. Taking selfies. Nope, never mind. Come back. That one wasn't good. Nope, let's take another one. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to find that perfect picture 
of themselves to make it look like they're having the greatest time. Now, this happened right around us, people in front of us, inside of us, behind us. And they're like, we're having the best time at the UFC. Me and our best, we've never had such a best time. I'm so happy right now, blah, blah, blah. And then they spent the rest of their time complaining, arguing, fighting with somebody else, yelling, swearing up a storm, blaspheming, yelling at their partner because they were jealous of their partner getting looks from somebody else. Everything that they did on that video was 100% 180 from their actual life. Everything is so fake. So that's what we pride ourselves here on LFA TV. There's not a single fake person on this platform. There's not a single fake person on this platform. Everybody is about as transparent, as real as can be. I would never allow anybody that was fake as to part of, the, part of LFA TV. Why? Because it's all so bad. I just couldn't even stand it anymore. Oh, our life is so great. No, your life is not so great. I just watched you for five hours and everything but your life is, everything is great uh, or every, nothing in your life is great. Or at least not in this time that I just watched you for five hours. Nothing that you put on that video was real. And we saw that everywhere. We saw that everywhere. And then people would bump into each other and not say they're sorry. People that would say, people that would be sitting in seats that are not theirs, the rightful uh, owner of that seat for that night would come and say, hey, this is my seat. And they'd be nice. And they would get mad. And then start yelling at the person. Oh, F you up. You, and I'm sitting there going. So when I see these things happening, what I do is I get involved. My wife doesn't like it so much. But by the end of the night, my wife started getting involved. And do you know what we found ourselves doing the entire night of the UFC? And there's a reason I told you guys this whole story. Do you know what I found? We know what we found ourselves doing most of the night. Not really watching the fights. Helping other people. I'm not kidding you. There was a lady passed out drunk behind us. Passed out. She was with three guys that were clearly going to take her home. And who knows... God knows what with her. She was half naked as it was. And these guys all night are laughing at her. She's, she's probably 21, 22 years old. Very young. Maybe not even. Drunk. So drunk she's passed out. They're lifting up her head, taking pictures of her, dropping her head again. Those, by the way, those guys that were doing that to that poor girl that, they were, that was with her, they got her so drunk she was probably roofied. Who knows? So they were one of the people that actually got booted out of their seats. And he's yelling at the people that booted them out of their seats. So we told, the, we told the staff there, hey, there's something not right here. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe that woman was saved. Who knows? But then another instance, there was a kid in front of us, small kid, like the size of a horse jockey, right? Maybe four foot five, real tiny, arms the size of my wrists, right? His upper arm, his legs were the size of my wrists. Young guy. During the fight, he asked us to take a picture of him. So we did, and we, you know, talked to him, and... But he kept going out to the concession stands and coming back with beers this big. Now, the beer was like half the size of this guy. So he's sitting there just drinking and drinking and drinking and pounding the beers away. And I told my wife, I said, that's not going to have a good outcome. She's like, I know. Long story short, at the end of the night, he was so passed out drunk that another guy, another two guys tried to wake him up. Not, not even people that were with him. Everybody was leaving. My wife and I decided to stay inside the, um, 
to stay inside the, uh, the auditorium, the, the Prudential Center, until everybody left because we don't want to be like, you know, herding like cattle to try to get out of there. So we waited. And while we waited, this guy was passed out like two rows down from us or a row down from us. And people were trying to wake him up. And when they were unsuccessful at waking him up, they just said, oh, well, did my best and tried. Now, I will give them credit. They did try. But they left this man there by himself, drunk. So we went down there, my wife and I, and we woke him up. And it was hard. Smack in his face. A guy I didn't know. He could have woke up and punched me for all I know. I took a picture of him before, but that's, you know, him being that drunk, he wouldn't remember that. So I'm sitting there slapping his face. I'm pulling his eyes open like this. Like literally pulling his eyes open while my wife is trying to wake him up. Finally, we get him up. Nobody's helping, by the way. Staff isn't helping. Cops aren't helping. They see it happening. Because we're like last of maybe there was maybe a hundred people in that entire stadium that had 17,000 people in it and nobody's helping. And I, and I just shook my head. And so my wife gets, goes and gets some water and she brings some water and she wakes the guy up and drink, gives him some water. We get him up, get him walking. We help him up. We help him to the stairs. Then we go up, I, my wife goes up and she gets somebody and she goes, you need to go help this guy. And they're like, yeah, okay. So we don't know if he ended up getting helped or not. We don't know if he ended up getting helped or not. There was another guy that was behind us, two rows back, screaming all night, yelling, drunk, boo, right? Like he could get in there and do better, right? But he was just being, a, he was just being an ignorant drunk, right? A dummy. Well, then the, the, uh, the two girls got up and there was a girl fight, a woman's fight, which my wife and I absolutely love, by the way. The women scrap more than the men do. It's, it's, it's wonderful. But this guy's going, boo, this is a man sport, slut, calling them names, swearing up a storm. And I stood up and I turned around and I said, hey, guy, first of all, everybody paid good money to be in these seats, okay? Second of all, I don't think you're a fighter, so you shouldn't be giving these people advice. Third of all, that little woman down there would beat the brakes off of you within seconds. And everybody laughed. And what happened was I wasn't trying to fight this guy. I was just trying to put him in his place because I can't stand when people are like that around me. I, you know me, right? I'm not going to be the guy that just sits there and just lets that stuff happen. I'm not that kind of guy. Now, I was putting myself in a position where I could have gotten a fight. Probably not a good idea. But at the same time, I'm not just going to let people say things like this, right? It's not in my nature. But what happened was, by the grace of God, when I said that woman would beat the brakes off you within seconds... Everybody laughed at him. His face got red and he got so embarrassed I didn't hear him for the rest of the night until... After the show, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Now, I'm sorry I'm not reading through books, but I have to tell you what we experienced and how this and how God was absent in these people's lives and what we ended up being there for. And it wasn't to watch a fight. I can tell you that. I ended up realizing that God had us in this place for a very specific reason. So anyway, the night's over. By the way, that kind of stuff happened all night. My wife and I did not, we will never, we'll probably never go back to another UFC fight live just because of stuff like that, right? We just want, we'll watch it on TV when we can afford it. It's getting very expensive. I don't like fights. I don't see the point of hurting others. Terry Lynn, it's not hurting others. I mean, it's just like wrestling or boxing or anything. Um, very controlled, very scientific. Very disciplined martial art. 
It's all about points. And here's the funny thing is the people that fight actually have 10 times more respect for each other than the fans in the audience do for them or each other. It's really sickening. But anyway, moving on. We leave the fight. And we walk outside, and you guys know any event. If anybody's ever been to an event, I don't care if it's a baseball game, a sporting event, a fighting, whatever it is. When you go out of an event, there's people selling T-shirts, right? And what these people do is they buy these T-shirts online at a, at, a, at, a, at a discounted price, right? And then they sell them outside at half the cost as you could buy them inside, and they make money. And this is how a lot of people make their living. This is their hustle, Right? So we go outside, and the first person that we run into when we walk outside was a, I'd have to say she was in her mid-60s. I'd say mid-60s, maybe closer to 70. Heavy set, gray hair, uh, not cornrow, dreads, older lady, and she's hawking t-shirts. Now, my wife and I did not buy a T-shirt, and, and nor did we want to buy one. But when she, walked, when she was out there and we walked up to her and kind of walked right into her, she says, $10, I only have, I only have this, these sizes, but $10. So I said, I gave her $20, and I said, thank you very much. God bless you. And we prayed over her. And the reason why we prayed over her is because, or she said, God bless back. So we figured we could pray over her and we just prayed that she wouldn't have to be out there at 1.30 in the morning. At 1.30 in the morning, a 65, 70-year-old woman outside hawking t-shirts. That is no, in Newark, New Jersey. After a UFC fight when everybody's drunk. That is not a good place for a 70-year-old woman to be. We felt bad. We felt so bad. Why is she out at 1.30 in the morning trying to hawk t-shirts to make money? No 70-year-old person in their right mind would want to do that. So we gave her 20 bucks. We took a shirt, prayed over her and blessed her and kept walking. Well, as we walked maybe 10 feet more, another guy, we bumped into him. And he was selling t-shirts too, and he looked to be about 70. And I don't know where my wife figured this out at. Maybe God. I can't believe it was, I can't believe my wife is racist and because they were both black, she said this. (laughs) But she said, are you related to her? And pointed over at the lady that we just bought the t-shirt from. Now, why my wife decided to ask if they were related, I don't know. Maybe they were both 65, 70 years old. That's what we assumed anyway. They were both selling t-shirts. They were near each other. They're both black. I can't, I can't, I never, I got to ask my wife why my, why my wife asked if they were related. But anyway, she did. I didn't ask her that. But now that I'm thinking about it, I will. And there's no reason I said that other than the fact that, well, why my wife probably came up, how she came up with that, that question was to say, are you two related? And he said, that's my wife. So I said, wait a minute. You're out, you're, you're, you, that's your wife over there? And he goes, yeah. And the next part brought us to tears. I said, well, I hope you guys are doing well out here. He goes, well, we're doing our best. He goes, she shouldn't be out here. She's got diabetes. She's on dialysis. She's got arthritis. 
and she's been in and out of the hospital lately. And I felt so bad. I felt so bad. We were brought to tears like I am now. We gave the man the rest of the cash we had in our pocket, which was about a hundred bucks. He didn't want to take it. I asked him why he's out here at 1.30 in the morning with his sick wife selling t-shirts in Newark, New Jersey. You know what he said to me? We don't have any other choice. Joe Biden's America. That's exactly right, Bad Moon. We have no other choice. Should be retired. Should be at home in bed with his beautiful wife. So, we gave him what we had left for money in our pocket. Jeremy, don't think poor people won't prey on your feelings. Hemlock. I have a very different outlook when it comes to poor people. And yeah, they probably do. You know, like the people that stand with the signs that say, you know, anything will help, God bless you. Sure they do. But we don't know that for sure. And if, and if we do assume that, then that's dangerous too. But I have to believe that a almost 70-year-old couple who are clearly not drug addicts. I mean, they were heavy set like me, right? Uh, I can't imagine that where they want to be is on the streets of Newark, New Jersey at 1.30 in the morning hawking t-shirts. I can't imagine anybody wants to do that. So you're probably right. Maybe they do say things that play on our heartstrings. Maybe. But we are led by the Holy Spirit when we trust in the Holy Spirit and the, Holy, and the Holy Spirit drove us to two people out of thousands of people on the street, two people. So we gave him everything we had. I said, he said, we have no other choice. He said, but you know what he said after that? He said, but God will provide for us. So when his wife said, God bless us back, I knew it was okay to pray for her. And when he said, God will provide for us, I had not said anything about God yet. He did not hear me praying over his wife, didn't even see us praying over his wife. There was too many people in the way. So if he was playing on our heartstrings, how did he know that we weren't atheists? How did he know that we weren't agnostic? How did we know that we weren't Satanists? How did he know that we weren't just non-believers, that if somebody were to say God will provide for us, that turned us off and didn't give, us, didn't give him any money. Because there are far more people out there who are non-believers than there are believers. See what I'm saying? So he said God will provide for us. That's when we gave him the money. 
That's when I put my hand on his shoulder. Big guy, too. Big guy. Bigger than me. Put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, can we pray for you? And he said, absolutely. He bowed his head. Middle of thousands of people, drunk people all around us. Swear words happening all around us. And we got to pray in the middle of Newark, New Jersey, at the Prudential Center at 1.30 in the morning. And we got to pray for him and his wife and a healing in this world. God is roaring, folks. God is roaring. And now my wife and I know why we went to Newark, New Jersey. Not specifically for that one man and his wife, maybe. Maybe so. Who knows? But I'll guarantee you there's not that many nice people down walking the streets at 1.30 in the morning after a UFC fight in Newark, New Jersey. So the fact that anybody came up to that man and did what they did, what we did to him, who knows? Maybe him and his wife, maybe that's all they needed to hear. Who knows? I don't know. And that's not for me to worry about or know or understand. All I know is we felt great. We felt great being there doing that. Now, it's not the end of the story. Right after that, there's two more parts to this story. And I know we're not doing the traditional rise up, folks, but it's because I had it in my mind to do it. I really did. I had a whole kind of thing I wanted to do today and telling the story now. It's where the Spirit's leading me, so I'm just going to keep going. So two things happened after that. Right after that, right after we prayed for that man, we, that was, by the way, right in the middle of the street. They had the streets blocked off around the Prudential Center, so we weren't in danger of a car running us over or anything like that. So we prayed for the man. We walked up on the sidewalk, and guess who's walking right by us? The guy that I said that that woman would beat you up in seconds. And he walks by us, doesn't acknowledge us, looks at us, doesn't say anything, probably because he doesn't want to be embarrassed again. But what he does do is he makes sure he gets super loud. And as a guy is walking past him with a uh, a Carolina Panthers t-shirt on. No, it was was our baseball team from Carolina. I don't know. It was a Carolina something. As a guy was walking by him with a Carolina uh, uh, t-shirt or hat on or something. He says, you effing put you know p-u-s you effing this he says this is new jersey not carolina take that stupid effing shirt off and put on a jersey whatever devils or i don't know is there a baseball team met i don't know in jersey and he's saying it as loud as he can and i just he's about 10 feet from me and i just break out laughing (laughs) and i go what a lonely loser and he just kept walking What a lonely loser. That poor person that walked by was just like, what did I do? So then get this. Because we're downtown in Newark, New Jersey, after a UFC fight, we try to get an Uber. Can't even pull up Uber. Nobody can pull up Uber, it seems like. Thousands of people trying. The the system's clogged. So my wife and I says, or my wife says, let's walk away from the Prudential Center at 2 in the morning now by ourselves in the middle of Newark, New Jersey. Yeah, that's a good idea, Sabrina. She goes, well, we're never going to get, uh, get out of here. And we got to get back to the, ho- the hotel. It was a 30-minute walk. She goes, I'm just going to start walking. I said, good idea, Sabrina, in the middle of New Jersey. Why don't you just wait for a minute? It'll unclog here in a little bit. She says, we have kids back at the hotel. I'm not going to wait out here and hope that this electronic, you know, app starts working. So she just starts walking. I'm like, oh. So I start walking after her. 
There's no cabs anymore. No yellow cabs. Anyway, we don't know who's a cab and who's not. So we start walking as I'm trying to pull it up. But I also have it, um, the, the GPS on so we know where to walk back to our hotel. So we're walking and walking and walking. I'm starting to get irritated. She's getting irritated at this point. And guess what happens? A guy pulls up next to us. At this point, we started getting so far from the Prudential Center, there's not as many people walking on the streets. So now I'm starting to be like, ugh, I know Newark, right? I'm like, babe, we can't do this. We, gotta, we can't walk away from you know, civility uh, to the darkness of New, New Jersey. We're just, that's asking to be you know, robbed. This guy pulls right up next to us, and he goes, taxi? And I go, what? And he goes, do you need a taxi? And I said, yeah. He goes, where are you going? I said, we stayed at the... Where did we stay at? The Element Marriott Hotel. I said, the Element Marriott Hotel. He goes, oh, yeah, I know where that is. Get right in. We got in. He took us right there, dropped us off. We paid him. Done. But the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, we felt the Lord with us the whole time. And while I had a lot of bad stuff to tell you about that night, the day before, going to the streets, Statue of Liberty, going to Ellis Island, look, the world would have you believe, don't go to big cities right now. Don't go there. You're going to get killed. You're going to get robbed. And... Yeah, there's a possibility of that, but there's also a possibility of driving your car home from your work and getting killed too. Long story short, ladies and gentlemen, if you live in fear, you'll never go outside. And if you never go outside, you'll never experience anything. And if you never experience anything or if you never put yourself in any position or any situation, then you can never be a light that God wants you to be. And God is roaring right now, not for his people to stay inside. God is roaring, not for his people to be quiet. God is roaring, not for his people to be meek and scared and fearful of everything that comes outside their doorstep. If you are a child of God, then God is calling you to action today. God wants you to do something today. God wants you to put that fear away and do what you were created to do. Maybe that's why prayers aren't being answered. Maybe it's because you are not fulfilling your side of things. Maybe it's because you are not being that part of the body of Christ that needs to be in motion, that needs to be in action. Look, if you are the leg, how are you supposed to move if the leg doesn't take a step? If you are the foot, how are you supposed to move if the foot will not work properly and can't, be, can't have pressure applied to its heels? If you are the hand, how are you supposed to open any doors if you're not working? Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see why now the Holy Spirit directed me to just talk about this all day today, folks? Because here's the thing. There's still good out there. There's still people out there that are worth saving. And if we, the children of God, the lights of the world, the only ones that know the gospel, the only ones that believe that we have an armor of God around us to protect us wherever we go, if we do not drop that fear and go outside, then we can never, ever fulfill what God wants us to do. Becca, do you know why you're here? Caramore, do you know why you're here? Miranda, do you know what God has you here to do? Kobe Jean, Larry Reha, do you know? Because if you don't know, maybe we should. And I'm not saying you guys specifically. I'm just picking names that I saw in the comment section. Don't, Larry, don't go on here and go, what did I do, man? All I'm saying is we are special people. We are believers. We have a job to do. And our job isn't just to believe. 
No, 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 no. That's where our strength comes from. That's where our courage comes from. That's where our know-how comes from. That's where our God GPS comes from. But if we're not doing anything with it, we're a waste. We're not just here to have faith. Faith without works is what? Is what? The Bible tells us faith without works is what? Dead. As dead as those people in that Prudential Center were. Fake lives, fake everything. Not knowing who they are. Always wanting to yell at somebody. Always want to disrespect everyone. That's not what we're supposed to do. Faith without works is dead. And we are not to allow people to do that either. Just because we don't want to get involved. Look, I know. I know. I know nobody wants to get involved. I know that people don't want to get involved in other people's crap. Mind your own business, MYOB. I get that. But if you call yourself a child of God, there is no more minding your own business. There is in certain, there are in certain situations. I get that, right? But you know what I'm saying? In public, if you see some wrongdoing, then you are to stop it or at least speak up against it. That is your job. That is our job. Fake uh, folks. The sponsor of Rise Up, whom I respect tremendously. I don't agree everything with them. But I don't agree everything with you and you don't agree with everything with me. These guys are doing what they can to help change this country and make America great again by making America godly again and coming at it from a common sense approach. Trumpetdaily.com, folks. Trumpetdaily.com or The Trumpet. How many of you in the, in the comments thread have reached out to Trumpet Daily, signed up for their publication, f- signed up for this free stuff in the mail every single month? I hope you have because they kindly give us enough money to pass on to a Christian school to allow our children and our community to continue to have a place to go to learn from a godly point of view. Pam, uh, Pam Burning says, I am. B, uh, Barbara Peters says, I am. Garco, I have. Me, M- uh, Mimi Bucket says. Rosebud says, yes. Vicky says, love it. There you go. Thank you very much. Because as long as, as long as we're working together and those guys are constantly getting their word out there, then they'll stay a sponsor here. But also, also, they're starting a show here on Saturdays. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Um... Jeremy, you should have spoken the gospel to the angry too. Sometimes they need to hear it. You are right. You are right. But when, you, when you're telling somebody something like, be quiet, blah, 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 it's hard enough to have that conversation, right? If I just stood up and said, God doesn't want you to do that, maybe that would work, actually. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of ease into it, but you're probably right. You're probably right. I want to go to one-minute prayer for dads. Then we're going to read the verse of the day, and then we're going to close out, okay? One-minute prayer for dads from page 119. Providing for our children from 1 Timothy 5.8. Again, that is 1 Timothy 5.8. Thank you, James Henry. I appreciate that. Thank you for the compliment, brother. God bless you. I'm glad you like today's show. 1 Timothy 5.8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. How many of you take care of your relatives when they need help? Don't lie. 
How many of you have relatives that you go that need help all the time and never pay you back when you lend them money or always digging themselves into a deeper hole and you say, you know what, I'm not helping them anymore. It's a human, it's human nature, folks. We've all done it. I don't do it anymore, but I did it in the past. But now anytime that I see a member of my family that needs help and I can help them in any way, even if I don't have money to give them and I give them 20 bucks, it's, it's, it's the gesture. I always help my family, even the ones that hate my guts and tell me that I'm a liar or that I'm doing all of this just to have an audience and that I'm really not a Christian or whatever. I have family members that actually say that. I still help them. It's what we're supposed to do. Daily, we dads give evidence to our faith and to our paternal calling by providing for our children. Even in a two-paycheck family, dad is ultimately responsible for providing for the household. And from God's point of view, this responsibility is meant to be a blessing to a dad. Men, praise God for his calling on your life as a provider for these people that you love. Among my paternal duties, Lord is providing me for my family. Thank you for that. For that, Through you, I am able to do this. Though you lead me in this duty, I am the one who carries out the mandate to provide. Though this responsibility, or through this responsibility, I'm not a denier of the faith, but an affirmer of the faith. I'm acting out of the very paternal role that you assume for your children as a provider. God, keep me healthy and faithful in providing for my family, but not only with material needs. As the spiritual leader of my family, I ask you help me provide spiritually for them as well. Help me keep their eyes turned on you. So, like, we all don't have enough money to, to help our family members out. I get that. We do when we can. But spiritual is, so much, is worth so much more than financial as well. You know? I just love helping people. It's just my nature now. You know what I mean? Like, I look for people to help, and I, I, and I get up every day, and I pray for God to put people in front of me that I can help. And the Lord answered my prayers in New Jersey. Boy, did he answer my prayers in New Jersey, man. He put a lot of people in front of me to help, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. It's the best thing that we can do. Let's go to the Lord now. God is roaring. Verse of the day today is coming from Acts 2.37 through 40, 41. Again, Acts, A-C-T-S, it's in the New Testament, Two Acts 2, 37 through 41, 37. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, quote, brothers, what shall we do, end quote? And Peter said to them, quote, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day. About 3,000 souls. This is during Pentecost. God is calling his people. God is roaring. 
Mama B says, I've been reading from Acts, God's confirmation. There you go. God is roaring and he's calling his people now. When you hear God calling you, that's God roaring. And why is God roaring? Why is God calling his people? Because the world is in decay and it needs you. And if you live in fear, you'll never step outside. And if you never step outside, then you cannot do what God has called you to do. And that is call his souls to him. Help bring souls to him. That is why my wife and I were in New Jersey. And that is why everywhere we go, we will continue to call on the Lord and the Holy Spirit to do the same thing, to be warriors for the gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in, and that is everything is going to be all right with Ryan Ellis. LFH continues next with Sean Farish and Ungoverned. I hope you guys can stay here. I hope you guys uh, can watch, share the video, rumble. Every show here on LFA TV as we're getting closer. And remember, we are going to be in Iowa this Saturday for the Trump rally. And we'll also be airing it here from 2 o'clock on Saturday this week. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Everything is going to be all right. I love you, and I will see you at 11 a.m. Sean Farish next. God bless. See you later. And you whisper truth over the lies. Words that bring me back to life Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be alright You hold me in your arms Until my storm is gone Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be Oh, the perfect peace.